Good morning, Jerry. Good morning, John. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good to hear. Good to hear. Hey, for those of us just joining, we are The Bro Show. We are actual brothers. My name is Jerry. I'm. My name is John. Very good. And we talk about four things. Mm. Uh, hang around to hear what they are. And, uh, boy, John, I'm a little stunned by the word you came up with this week. I, I, I have to say something at this point because... I'm just looking at it here, and it's it's very impressive. I'll just say, yeah, that. Okay. it's it's got quality and quantity in letters at least. <laughs> yeah, sure does. In syllables, yeah, oh, yeah, of, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing you say it. Okay, hey, what T-shirt are you wearing? I decided to break out my ox T-shirt, black. Ooh, oh, the black very. ox T-shirt. Yeah, yeah, Looking yeah. yeah. Good. Season of the ox. And we are, by the way, in the season of the ox. We are. Mm. We are. We are. Yeah. Who knows what next season is going to be? We've only got, what do we got here? Not that much left of this no. season. Only a few more weeks. Okay, so let's make hay while the sun shines, as we say. Um, mm-hmm. I am wearing the I'm with the band t-shirt, my gray one, which I like that's a good. lot. Gray's a good yeah. color. Gray's a great color. You know, that's our that's our sponsor. It is. I try to wear the sponsor's T-shirt. I don't always succeed, but I did okay. today. And these shirts are hosted by Bonfire so that when you buy one, uh, the profits, all the profits and a little more, goes to Music Cares, which is uh, a nonprofit that supports and helps musicians get through the gig apocalypse, which we're just coming out of, and also attend uh, to their health and, and hearing and various things like that. So it's a worthwhile thing. Buy a T-shirt. Be one of the good guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they're good looking. Such a deal. Mm. You ready looking for the good. story? Ready for the Ox. story? Boy, you picked a good one. I can't believe it. I, here we are. We kind of concern ourselves each week saying, where are we going to come yeah. up with another story? And they just keep getting better and better. Yeah. And Ox yeah. Blood is really good. It's a color. Why don't you go a little in the detail here? The deets, as we the say. Deets. As yeah. it relates to ox blood and how we get that as a color, and how does it relate to ox? Yes. Well, uh, first of all, don't use this uh, if you need a transfusion. Don't use ox blood. That's the first thing. Oh, That's dear. Important. Yeah. Let's not get medical on this thing. Uh, it's a color, as John said. A pigment, if you will. Uh, it, it started out by people, you know, an ox got slaughtered or, da- or damaged or one thing or another, and they notice the blood of an ox turns a red color with purplish and brown undertones as mm-hmm. it oxidizes, as it gets exposed right. to the air. Now, this may seem like a remarkable thing. It's not. Most blood in most mammals does something similar. But evidently, there's just a certain tint that this has, and it is indeed red with brown and purple uh, undertones. It's unique. I don't know of anything like it. it was called the ox blood one time and it caught on you know uh almost 500 years ago right and so it just it just stuck it just stuck you know what would be weird when i think about this john i think you know what maybe they discovered ox blood in oxford 
Yeah, I was thinking you know? a little bit about, and we also think of Oxford as a shoe, not only an yeah. in educational institution. So I think yeah. we have some thir- uh, yeah. further research to be done on yeah, this. There, uh, we <clears throat> suspect the confluence of events, but we don't know for sure yet. So yeah. we'll get back to you, get back to you on that one. But anyway, this color is unique. Uh, here's the cool thing about it. If you are wearing a blue suit, you know, or or a blue blazer with uh, khakis, you know, uh, oxblood shoes look fantastic. Yes. They go with blue. They go with yellow. They go with green. They, you know, they go with almost every color. If you're wearing a charcoal gray suit, oxblood shoes stand out a little bit, but not too much. You know what I'm yeah, saying? I, I think that's a, it's a no-brainer in terms of dress because you can get up in the morning and say, well, gee, now what shoes do I put on with this clothing? And if you put those oxblood shoes on, you don't have to think. And I can handle that. No, you that. don't. <laughs> not thinking is a big <laughs> plus these days. One other last thing you may not know, uh, it's been used as a pigment for lipstick. Yeah, I, yeah, I saw that. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, it was big in the 1920s during the flapper era, but people were really experimenting with their look, if you will. And so, yeah, people use it for that. It's used for all kinds of stuff. And, of course, painters use it as a pigment when they paint. It's known by that name. So that's another thing. So this is a remarkably uh, diverse kind of color used for many, many things. Any place color is used. So, yeah, that's, 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 our, that's our ox story this week. You want to take a breath? You want to take a moment? Oh, let me just kind of do a deep breathing. It'll help. Okay, yeah. I think I'm ready. Yeah, uh, yeah. have you harnessed your, you've harnessed your chi? Is your chi harnessed? I think it is. Go ahead. Hemi, demi, semi, quaver. <laughs> Hemi, demi, is the semi, word. quaver? Hemi, demi, semi, quaver. Uh, okay, I All think right. that's the word. That is the word. Uh, it's... It has a musical background. I mean, that's where it all starts. The British refer to a 164th note. You know, you have a full note, half note, yeah. quarter, quarter note. note, eighth note, oh, one, sixteenth note, 30 second, yeah. And then no, you've 16th, got the 16th, 30 second. Then you've got the 64th. Wow. This is almost not perceptible. In <laughs> fact, what's happened is that the way that this has kind of translated into regular language is to be like the ever so slightest bit, imperceptible, infinitesimal, whatever you want to call it, very small portion. It's sort of a unit of measure that's extremely small. So how did I re- yeah. yeah, go. I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead, John. Yeah, well, so what I did is I was reading a book called Nine Innings by uh, Daniel Okrent, and he it and what happened is he described the batter, and I'll give you the sentence, and it says, yeah. the batter stood still as a statue without so much as a hemi-demi-semi-quaver in his bat as he waited for the pitch. So it's like saying there's this imperceptible motion. The guy's like a statue, and his bat is moving almost as little as he is. Wow. Um, Quite often it's used to say, like, rather than saying lickety-split uh, as a moment, you might say a hemi-demi-quaver moment. <laughs> you know? Jeez. <laughs> so it's, it's a very yeah. – so based upon the sentence in which it's used in the context, it could be time, 
it could be motion, it could be sound. So that's 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 the word. Now, yeah, you know, a note that short in duration, it would I I would think I'd have trouble telling the pitch of the note. You yeah. know, if you were playing a cornet or a trumpet <clears throat> or something, and you know, I could I could see a piccolo trumpet. Playing uh, a note that fast, they they are very staccato, right? And, but wow, that would be difficult. Yeah, I'm not sure that would require on the part of the musician would be challenging. Now I yes. can see a drum, perhaps playing that. You know, you know what? You you could probably hit the rim and get that note off pretty good. Wow, your drum. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Uh, this has got me going. This word has got me going all week. I've been thinking about it. So. Uh, What's the deal? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, almost imperceptible. Now, you know, what if, what if, John, you had to play 20 notes of that duration? You know, how fast would you have to play? Well, you re- remember we used to talk about with the musical instruments, uh, double tongue, triple tongue, and all that? Uh, yeah. In other words, be- it's a method of, of, of basically giving it out a note in, you know, yeah. A note with a trumpet, perhaps, is a good example. I could never yeah. do it with a trombone. Uh, it's like a. Is it like a trill? <clears throat> yeah, I. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, kind of like a trill, a little bit. Right. Wow. So part so, of it is negotiated with your lips, and part of it is your tongue. Uh, right. If it's a brass instrument. Yes. I'd hate to do that with an oboe. Wouldn't that be something? <sighs> oboe's <laughs> tough enough. To, I, I've been told yeah. oboe is one of the toughest instruments to. to well, play, friend, so, yeah. friend of the show, Sarah, her, her youngest, plays the oboe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool. Well, this is anyway. going to be a hard word to top. Yeah, you know? should we just quit? Should we just I think up? we better quit while we're ahead. Really, I'm not going to try <laughs> yeah. to pronounce it again. Okay, if you don't mind. Okay, all right. No, no, <laughs> no, no. Hey, look, I totally understand. Wow. Well, if we haven't lost our entire list, uh, listeners. Uh, Going over the details of trilling and sixty-fourth <laughs> notes. Yeah. Why don't? Why don't I we think I, I the hope they didn't turn why don't out. We swing for the, why don't we swing for the? For the? Uh, yeah. Seats. Yeah. Let's go for a homer. Let's go. Okay. Circle the bases on this one. So, I had the pleasure this last uh, week of attending the first Lou Gehrig Day on June second, which happens mm. to be the. Uh, the day that he died back in 1941, June 2nd. So who's Lou Gehrig? Why do we have a day for Lou Gehrig? It's only the third baseball player in that Major League Baseball has decided to decorate with a special day, Roberto Clemente and uh, Jackie Robinson being the other two. So uh, let's give a little bit of a bio on yeah. Lou real quick. Uh, he was mm. born in 1903. He uh, was born and raised in the upper... Washington Heights section of New York City. His parents are, were German first um, generation immigrants. Uh, Lou spoke German until he was about five years old. But what he was up there in Washington Heights, which is pretty close to where the Yankees were playing in the early 1900s, and also relatively close to the Giants, which happened to be the New York Giants, which happened to be his favorite club. So Lou had wow. a proclivity towards uh, sports. And he's he, he was he was born with a his weight was like four fourteen pounds practically so I mean he's a big baby. Actually, the other thing is that Lou 
was the only child to survive, uh, you know, in, he had three other offspring, three other brother sisters who died in infancy practically. So his wow. mother was excessively protective of him. He was a mama's boy all the way. And her, and the mother insisted that Lou get a good education. She was working at Columbia University. Lou was able to get a scholarship. And so through that, he became a, a, a college football slash baseball star, didn't play there very long. But I think what's interesting where the baseball legacy starts is Wrigley Field, where I was there on June 2nd this past week. And what happened was that back in 1920, Lou's high school won the New York City Baseball Championship, Commerce High, and Chicago Lane Tech won their city championship. And so Chicago decided to sponsor a game in which these two uh, high school uh, teams played. And Lou, that was played in Wrigley Field, and Lou hit a home run, a grand slam home run in that game that went out of the ballpark. And that from that point on, Lou's name was well known. And um, so three years later, he's playing professional ball. Two years later, uh, he's playing full-time for the New York Yankees, 1925, at which point... That was fast. Yeah, very quick. He... He made it, he progressed pretty quick. In fact, he played a couple of games in both 23 and 24 on the Yankees at the end of the season, but wow. stuck for sure in 1925. And at that point, in May of 1925, he started a consecutive game streak of 2,130 games. Um, pretty impressive. Wow. All the way that through is. 1939. So it's so <laughs> ironic that this ball player who is known for being sort of called the iron horse, durability would be befalled by this very, you know, very nasty, cruel disease called ALS and often referred to as Lou Gehrig's disease. So, uh, there's a, there's a couple of myths. I think I'll just give you one. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting is that Lou, uh, they say that Wally Pip, his re the, the first baseman, Lou was a first baseman. Got a headache one day and said to the to the manager, "Hey, hey, Skip, uh, I'm not feeling up to it. I got a headache. Could I take the day off?" And it's actually a myth because uh, what what really was happening was that year was that uh, the Yankees were not very good. It was one of those very in few rare years in the 20s where they were they played they they actually ended up in seventh place. Wow. So a lot of guys were not performing well, <clears throat> including yeah. their first baseman, who was well known. He was a veteran player at the age of 32. So what they did is, uh, so he was just in a slump. And unfortunately, mm. he, uh, once Lou got in there, from the very beginning, he was good. Now, about a month later, Wally Pip, this this veteran first baseman, uh, did get hit by a pitch in the head and suffered a concussion. Mm. And quite often, I think things get mangled up a little bit. And yeah. a headache, concussion, uh, Lou Gehrig starts is, is all kind of pushed together. And before you know it, you have a myth. Um, but so yeah. that's one yeah. of, of many. Um, but uh, Lou is a <clears throat> triple crown winner, Hall of Famer, uh, first player to have his number retired. And so it was amazing. He, towards the end of his career, 1938 was his last full season. You could see there was a little deterioration in his performance he didn't bat 300 only hit 29 homers and wow. uh, then that was a significant uh 
letdown or decrease in his production yeah. as a player. Yeah. And uh, so he starts the 39th season, plays eight games, and finally has to go to the skip and say, Skip, this is the day I'm not going to play. He had to take himself out of the lineup. And wow. uh, then they decided a, a sports writer by the name of Paul Gallico, who wrote a, a, a book about Lou, promoted the idea of having Lou Gehrig Day. So wow. in that same year, 1939, on July 4th, they commemorated uh, Lou's um, you know, retirement with a special day with ceremonies, etc. And this is where the famous speech, the Lou Gehrig speech, the luckiest man on earth, um, is, is, is. That's another myth, too, with respect to the speech. You cannot find the full speech Anywhere. on film. But what's happened is that you say, well, wait a minute. I saw the whole speech in a book. Yeah, well, somebody has pieced together the speech based upon what people have heard. There is no, Lou did a lot of it off the cuff. So as a result, it wasn't written beforehand. Although Eleanor had gone through, his wife uh, had gone through a, a preparation with him uh, with respect to the speech. And yeah. Um, yeah, so Lou is the silent hero. He's not yeah. the boisterous Babe Ruth who was his yeah. teammate. And he was always in the shadow of Babe or shadow of Joe DiMaggio. But a silent hero that led by example. And mm. uh, what a what a what a great guy! And so, you know, yeah. to the bitter end. I mean, when he went up to do the speech, there was he had to walk very slowly because the ravages yeah. of the disease were already upon him. Mm. And they thought many people thought he was not going to be able to talk when he got up there, wow. not physically be able to, but just the emotion was enormous. Yeah. And he got up there and delivered like he always did. Came in through, coming through in the clutch, delivering yeah. better than ever. So sad story. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, buddy, but you know, good example too, how to bear yeah. up under difficult times and all that good stuff. A little bit, uh, just a little background. People are wondering maybe about ALS and, and what it is, what it stands for and all that good stuff. A myotrophic lateral sclerosis, ALS. Uh, it's a progressive nervous system disease that affects nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord causing loss of muscle control. Wow. That says it's... it all. And here's the weird stuff about this. John, let me give you the weird stuff. They don't know what causes it. They have, they're suspicious. Certain things might cause it, but they're not absolutely positive. No. And there is absolutely no cure for it at all. There are ways to ameliorate the, uh, the effects of it. Uh, you know, including a tracheotomy, uh, a ventilator. Uh, they used to call them iron lungs. They can keep you breathing, you know, and right. stuff like that. But it is a killer. The, the only saving grace of it is you lose a lot of control of your body with ALS, but you never lose control of your bladder. Oh, I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. That, it's a total wacko disease. Doesn't make any sense at all. Now, based on what you said about his childhood, uh, some people think uh, some of it is hereditary, some of it is age, and if you're younger than 65 and you get it, chances are uh, you're going to be a man, not a woman. Mm. Uh, and some people think smoking has an effect on it. Some people think environmental toxins have uh, an effect on it. And here it comes, oddly enough. Military service 
seems to increase the chances that you will get ALS. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. I mean, I think the most frustrating thing is that your mind remains intact to the bitter end. So you don't and lose. Your, and your senses, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what's amazing about Lou Gehrig is even after he was retired and clearly his days were numbered, he decided that he would continue to serve the city of New York by becoming a parole officer. He was appointed by the the mayor. uh, I think it was Mayor LaGuardia, if I remember correctly. And uh, what happened was that Lou would basically help youth who had been kind of wayward and he was um, giving him uh, a lot of encouragement, support. And it's amazing that a prize fighter, a middleweight prize fighter by the name of Rocky Graciano, was one of the one of the kids that he helped. And that wow. kid just that. rose to that. Yeah, I, one of those little facts I didn't know until, until the day ago. So, wow. um, yeah, wow. we could talk a lot about this man. It's, it was incredible. Yeah. And, and I'm so glad that they have decided to have a day. Now, like you said, what's... The, the, what they can do for this illness is basically allow your quality of life to be maintained as much as they can under the circumstances. I mean, yeah. it, it's like not only don't they have a cure, but treatment, when you say the word treatment, it's using that word very broadly. It hardly extends your life as much as it allows you to have some quality of life as yeah. you progress through the illness. Um it's pretty amazing. Yeah. So one of the one of the worst things is that you it, it's difficult to eat to swallow, yeah. and you can e- easily aspirate food uh, into your lungs, and uh, then that can cause pneumonia. So a lot of people go on feeding tubes, uh, you know, rather than go through all that. And a lot of people get trachs, tracheotomies, so that they can uh, breathe with more comfort. But uh, there's not a lot of pain associated with this, oddly enough. Or not so oddly, if your nerves are deteriorating, um, yeah. you know. Now people say, what's the difference between this and multiple sclerosis? You know, MS. The right. difference is uh, the word you want to look here for is Milo. That's a that's a key word. And so nerves have a sheath called a myelinated sheath. If you have MS, the myelinated sheaths deteriorate, and you, the ner- the signals of your nerves get crossed, like wires losing their insulation. But with uh, ALS, amylo, you know, that's the first part of the word. Your nerves actually die. So, you know, it may seem like an academic difference, but it's not. Uh, there are some similarities, but uh, there are tr- some treatments for MS, so zero for ALS. But that's uh, the big difference there in case people were curious. That's all I got, John. That's a not more than enough, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bummed. I need a groaner. Hey, listen, why don't we try for two? Uh, okay. Our groaners are provided to us are by Vincent Anthony Lauder Jr., commonly referred to as the coach. Uh, coach. Saint Vincent is always at work helping us, and sure enough, he is delivered as usual. So let's start out with my first one, or Vince's first. Hold on, What's hold a germaphobe's? Favorite TV genre. What is a germaphobe's favorite TV genre? I'm going to have to pass on this one, John. Soap operas. So obvious. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. It's so obvious. Yeah. uh, 
this next one is, I, I just kind of oh. chuckle. It, it's not, I, I wouldn't call it a groaner. It's one of those, you got to be kidding. It's just, why did the new hire avoid signing up for the company's 401k? <laughs> I don't know, John. This is an accountant joke. This is an accountant joke. He can't run that far. <laughs> Wait a minute, I don't even get it. 6K, 10K, 401K. Oh. That is oh. awful. That's terrible. terrible. It's awful. It's a crappy groaner. I can't believe it. It's like, think about it. It's like if you take 0. 0.6 times 400, how many miles is that? That's like 240 miles. Yeah, <laughs> So all I got to say is that's one scary distance. <laughs> It's a scary distance, but you know, I said it was a terrible groaner, but it's not. That is a true groaner because it does make you groan. It's grown oh. and it's, uh, you know, some groaners you say, aha, this is, pretty, this is pretty cool. This one is, no, no, this is, this one goes into the groaner trash heap. <laughs> well, oh, this is, this is a Bob Dylan worthy groaner because he loves yeah, jokes he, he, crappy he, he jokes. Yeah, he a lot of that one. Yeah, all right. Oh, well, I tried. You did. You tried. You tried. That's the main thing. Yes. All right. 